You are listening to Help, I'm a Freelancer. So today we're going to be talking with Becky. She is a freelance SEO legal writer. She first connected with me on LinkedIn and from the offset we really hit it off and I noticed that her content was really engaging, really funny and she did a really good job on LinkedIn. So I thought it'd be a great idea to have her on the show talking about how she networks through LinkedIn but also offline as well. This is a really good episode, whether you are thinking of going to networking sessions for the first time and you're a little bit nervous, or you just want to up your LinkedIn game. Becky, I see you all over LinkedIn. You're always posting. You're literally everywhere I look. For me, you're like the ideal networking ninja. You're always networking with people, but particularly on LinkedIn, but I don't know about offline because... I don't follow you around, but <laughs> this leads me on to my question about how, as a freelancer, can you combine online and offline networking strategies? Because I know that you do it really well. Oh, thanks, Holly. Well, first of all, thanks for not being a stalker in real life. So that's always uh, that's always reassuring to know. And I really hope that I'm not irritating you by being everywhere all over LinkedIn, but I do like to keep a presence on there. And it, it can be hard work, to be honest with you, to maintain that consistency. But I think with any kind of social media and any networking, consistency is what's really important behind it. There's there's no point in posting once every two weeks and hoping that you're going to get some traction from it. You need to be memorable. And that's why I like to do a lot of posting to make sure that people do remember me and then hopefully when they're in the market for my services they'll go oh yeah remember that woman that we just keep seeing everywhere we're gonna have to ask her I think that's the best strategy to be honest with you because a lot of people post and ghost as you say you know they post something and then they never come back and they don't comment on anyone else's post they don't even comment on their own comments within their own post it just seems crazy. So I think that your strategy is the best way forward, I would say. Oh, so. well, it's not going to do anything <laughs> at all. You need to just be, you know, be grateful and be thankful that people are interacting with your content. And if they've taken the time to, to bother making a comment, then get back to them and say, you know, thanks for that. I appreciate your, your support. And is there anything else I can help you with? And I think having a mindset of just being really helpful online does wonders in terms of your visibility and also how people perceive you online as well can I ask is that something that you take offline as well are you kind of doing this combination approach or do you isolate your networking to the online world so I do do a bit of both and for me doing both works really well so I have a breakfast networking event that I go to every Wednesday morning which to be honest when I first started was a little bit of a challenge <laughs> shall we say getting up at that time of the morning what time is it but they do offer a full english breakfast <laughs> it's at 7 a.m so you know it's it's an early one but but once you're done you have your full english and you sit down and you're all set for the day and you're literally done by 9 a.m so that's great for me it's really worthwhile so i get to talk with other like-minded business owners and I'm sure you guys can appreciate when you're working at home on your own most of the time, it can be really lonely. So I, not that I'd say I force myself to get out to these events, but I do make an effort to get up, put some clothes on that are not jogging bottoms and leave the house and talk to other people for sure. And it can be a great way as a freelancer to communicate with other people because you're not in an office. So it's like having that every Wednesday morning thing is is perfect not only for networking but also for 
communicating with other freelancers so I think that's really good that you combine both of them yeah I, I do love it and also I go to a networking event once a month as well which is something the solicitors locally to me organize so it's a group of about 25 of us or so we can take your dog with you so you really feel like you're multitasking and we go to local parks we just have a really informal chat uh, we have coffee and it's just really really nice it's a great way of meeting new people and just having an informal chat about business and things like that so uh, so that's definitely a win in my book if you can get the exercise and the fresh air in as well I actually thought I misheard you when you said networking. I was like, did I hear what I no, thought? That's, I heard what there? I meant. that's exactly what it <laughs> sounds like. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you go for a walk and you're yeah. networking. That's yeah. yeah. That sounds perfect. I, I always feel like worried about wasting time or like dead time, but that ticks two yeah. of the very important boxes like your exercise, your networking. I actually want to do that. Maybe I'll start that up in Sheffield. <laughs> you should. Or you'd be surprised. I reckon there might be some near to you. It's it's becoming quite a big thing, networking. So you never know. I know for sure there's a breakfast one, like you say, um, and I haven't gone for the reason that you said. <laughs> I was like, that's very early. I don't think I'll be doing that. Um, this is my first thing of the day. But I, I get that it would be very, very beneficial. Could you like kind of explain some of the techniques that you use in real life just for now when you are networking, when you're kind of trying to connect with like-minded people? Yeah, so I do take a similar approach to online. I like to just be helpful and offer value for people, whether I'm going to get anything out of it or not I really believe in that approach because I think it can pay dividends later on you just never know and personally I know for me if someone's been gone out of their way to be really helpful and given me some meaningful advice then I will always fondly remember them and then later on if I need something you know it might well be that I'll reach out to them so I do like that approach so I'll always try and be helpful in the networking groups that I go to and try and offer some SEO support sometimes because a lot of people think SEO can be a bit of a dark art kind of kind of thing and because I know about it I assume other people know about it but they don't and it's a case of explaining just in really simple terms sometimes how their business can rank on Google better what they can do with content you know those real quick wins and things like that. Yeah that's really good to take a value approach and I think it's the best way to network. I've been to a few events and people just come up to you and just start like trying to sell to you and they don't even know what you do who you are and it's like just seems a bit irrelevant and a really bad way of of networking when I first started out freelancing and going to networking events I was quite nervous and it would I'd have to pluck up a lot of courage to go out and and be in a situation where you don't know anyone and you're on your own how do you kind of get over those those nerves it can be really nerve-wracking especially for the first few I attended one last week, which was at a beautiful country house near where I live. And there were probably about 30 people there. And we came in and we had a coffee. And then within five minutes, we were all sat in this room, like in a circle, facing each other. And that was a little bit daunting because we had to do our 60 seconds. So I definitely recommend for anybody that's new to networking, at some point, you're probably going to be asked to speak for 45 to 60 seconds about you and about your business. And that's not something that everybody always appreciates. So have a little bit of time just to maybe test it out at home, test it out on your partner or your kids, time yourself, make sure that you're not talking really quickly. And and hopefully that will help calm you down a little bit. And at least you'll know 
for that section what you're going to talk about I, I think that's the thing when someone asks you off the cuff what you do you might know what you do in your head but trying to kind of convey that in a succinct way in 60 seconds is I, I don't know in a room full of people that can be really scary I, I think everyone has faced that we've covered some of the mistakes I think Holly said like just going in with a hard sell I've had that happen to me someone will come up to you and be like do you have um, insurance and I'm like that was a real example and I was like um who are you I don't like just trying to have a glass of wine so what are some of the other kind of common mistakes that people make when they when they enter a, a real life networking event yeah we were talking about this in our group last week actually and just kind of saying oh you know those prolific networkers that just walk into a room and start handing out their business cards to everybody before they've even said hello that's definitely mistake number one because people like that don't really ever last in that situation because people don't warm to them obviously and if you don't warm to somebody chances are you're not going to do business with them so I would definitely advocate a friendly approach as a general chat. So my first question is never, what, what do you do? It's kind of, oh, how are you today? You know, isn't this a lovely venue? You know, have a bit of like, you know, little chit chat about things that are a bit meaningless to begin with and warm yourself in there for sure. I did go to a networking event where there was a guy there and he was a tradesman. And all he did for the first half an hour was talk to me about laying patios. And he didn't ask me one single question. I mean, I knew all about his business, but he literally knew nothing about mine. And I was trying to get away as quickly as I could from him because he was just an absolute nightmare. So definitely remember to ask questions. But you would have thought that that would be basic kind of human nature or politeness, really, just to ask questions back to people. Is that not how conversations generally go? But some people do forget that in networking. Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, you're there to get, yeah. they're there to get to know you, but you're there to get to know them. And the more you're going to understand their business and, and what they're doing, the more likely you are to understand whether you're compatible. I think people often go with the presumption that they're going to go and find a client who's going to hire them. And that's not by any stretch of the imagination all you can get from networking events. There's so much more value in it. So I think when you reposition it and just go, I'm trying to expand who I know professionally, my professional network, it makes such a massive difference. But I probably want to flip back over now to where Holly's seen you the most, which is LinkedIn. (laughs) Obviously, you're very prolific on there. Is that a tactic to find new clients? Or is that just about what we were talking about, expanding your network, getting known? What's your kind of drive for that? So with LinkedIn and the content that I post, there's a few different angles I mean, obviously, I want to build my business and gain more clients, but I also want to meet other people as well. I'm a really friendly person. I just, I do genuinely love chatting with people. So I always make sure every week I have at least two or three really informal coffee chats booked in with people that are in my industry, for instance. So I love to expand in that point of view and I love learning new things as well. So that's always interesting, reaching out to new people. With my content strategy, there's like a few different approaches that I like to take. So I look, I like to post really silly content, which I'm sure Holly has seen, just perhaps talking about my family or, you know, my dog doing something ridiculous or that kind of thing. And I think that kind of content can make you come across more personable and memorable for sure. And that's more about personal brand awareness, I'd say. And then I have other posts, which will be more educational content, which is reaching out to my ideal client. So it's, did you know that by posting 
on your frequently asked questions section of your website, you can help drive your Google rankings, for instance. And I have had people reach out to me now, and now I'm starting to gain a bit more traction on LinkedIn because it is a long game, the same as networking. Like you say, you're not just going to walk into a room and come away with a client. It's the same. You've got to be really consistent. And then over time, that approach will work. So when you're giving away free content, people do see you as a bit of an industry leader and appreciate that you've taken the time to give them that that free advice yeah, definitely I think I, I do like your um, strategy because I do think it's funny and even your educational posts are sometimes funny and my favorite one of yours was the one about Las Vegas <laughs> I love that oh the carousel that I did <laughs> it was brilliant oh I love a carousel I'm all about carousels. I absolutely love creating them. And now I've got a template. It doesn't take me too long to to create them in Canva. They're all right, actually, now that I've got all my brand colours and formats in there. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a funny one. And that got loads and loads of traction. So, yeah, well well (laughs) worth doing for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you find that the personal posts or the educational posts are the one that attract your ideal clients the most? It's hard to say what people resonate with because I think people take different things from different posts but I know that I get the most engagement from personal posts for sure and I'll often try and get a cheeky hook in there you know like oh I got married in Vegas dot 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 and then people will click on it to find out what happened next for instance or you know they kind of clickbaity things like you definitely shouldn't be doing this or if you're doing this you know this will be a disaster what, what have you uh, but I think um I think educational content is the kind of content that just sits in the back of people's minds and then builds and builds and builds the more that you have the consistent approach until it's built up a picture of that person. So now, for instance, I had a software provider come to me the other day and there wasn't even any back and forth necessarily. There wasn't, oh, Becky, can you show me a portfolio of your work and tell me the last five people you worked with and provide me a test piece for free? There was none of that. It was literally like, I've seen you on LinkedIn. I've seen what you can do. Can you write this for me, please? And that is literally the dream. That's the power of LinkedIn. Like that is the power of personal branding, isn't it? It's amazing and incredible what happens. People just know you and they just, they don't need to ask you a million questions, like you say. How do you kind of approach your ideal clients? Because, you know, they don't just magically come to you unfortunately on LinkedIn you have to find them as well so what's your tips for freelancers to find their ideal clients on LinkedIn yeah that's a really good question and LinkedIn happily does make this quite easy for us Uh, it would be lovely if they did just drop into our DMs every single day wouldn't it but that doesn't doesn't tend to happen I try and make sure that I make 20 connections every single day whether that's people that are in my industry, other freelance writers, or whether that's potential clients, which does sound like a lot, but it doesn't actually take too long once you get going. So for instance, at the moment, I'm reaching out to legal tech providers because I've started working with a couple and the relationships are going really, really well. They already have a marketing plan in place. They, they've got gated content on their website that they know resonates with their customers really well. It's just that they need somebody to write them for them. So that's going really well. So I will search into LinkedIn legal tech software providers, and that will give me a list of businesses. I then go to the businesses 
have a little look around, see what the people are like within that industry, see if they've got a marketing manager, maybe they've got a head of content and connect with them. That's that's my approach. That's my kind of top level approach. And then once we're connected, just sending a really friendly message. Hi, how are you in the DMs? Hope you're all right. And then just take it naturally from there, really. Doesn't always work, but I think it works quite well for me personally. What are you saying to people in that initial message? Because I think this harks back to the the kind of uh, conversation me and Holly have been having about cold emailing and, and stuff like that, because it is. You're, you're essentially cold connecting with them mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't want to go in hard I'm, I'm presuming with the message like hi I'm and here are all my services because they, they're not expecting you to even connect with them let alone send them a message so what is that just a hi I wanted to add you to my network yeah what are you saying <laughs> yeah so oh, there's nothing worse is there than someone sliding into your dms cold and going I do this this and this I've had a lot of that in my time all I say typically is, hi, I really love your content. Uh, if they're prevalent on LinkedIn, then chances are they've, they've shared a post or written an article or something that I can pick up on and say, oh, I really love that article you wrote. I might ask them a question about it and just put lovely to connect with you and just leave it there with them. I, I would never go in heavy and go, oh, did you know I'm a legal copywriter and I can help you with this, this, this. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about value and being genuine rather than just going in with the very very hard sell all of the time absolutely and I can sometimes gauge from the kind of person that I'm connecting with so I might say something silly like oh welcome to my inner circle you know (laughs) laughing crying face that kind of thing whatever I think I can get away with at the time but I think just being yourself on LinkedIn and being a little bit different to other people is going to make you stand out absolutely just don't be generic and send the old boring messages yeah that's it and I think I saw a statistic on LinkedIn like only one percent post and are active on it out of all the people who use it so if you're doing what you're doing then you're already in that top percentage you know of people and it's going to put you ahead of everyone else which is incredible what's your next stage after sending that message because I know when you connected with me it was really informal I felt comfortable straight off the bat and I felt like I knew you already even though we'd never connected or like been in the same setting before or I've not even seen any of your posts and I felt really comfortable straight away when you sent me a you know an initial message and stuff what do you do after that like do you continue the conversation do you arrange a chat like what's your next steps oh that's lovely for you to say thanks holly and that, i actually get that comment quite a lot to be honest with you i feel like i already know you which is really nice uh depending on where the conversation goes to be honest it will be a bit of back and forth to be honest i don't always get responses sometimes people literally say nothing or they go thank you <laughs> or there's nothing to work mm. with which can be slightly awkward and I won't flog a dead horse. I might try once again and go like, um, how's business for you at the moment or something quite generic. But but if it's a no, if it's a no go, I will just leave that one there. But if the, the conversation's flowing quite nicely, they might ask me a question like, oh, so I see you work with law firms and I'll explain yes and perhaps talk about some industries that I tend to work in and ask them questions back and forth as well. And if I feel like it's going quite well and it seems like I might be able to help them with something, then I will recommend that they potentially book a coffee break chat with me. And I have my link tree 
link ready. So I can literally drop that in, which is a link direct to my Calendly, and then they can just book a time and date that's convenient for them if they feel like they want to talk a bit more in depth. Now, that's a really good way of doing it. And I think you're kind of getting to know the person on a real level, which is what's missing from so much of LinkedIn anyway. I think, especially when you, I, I wasn't posting, like Holly was saying, it's 1% of people. I had it, wasn't posting on it, wasn't really doing much with it. Started to post again recently. But it feels, even if you're being authentic, there's something that feels inauthentic about it. Um, and I think it's just the very nature of LinkedIn, the way it's structured, the way some people post it. And, you know, it's it's kind of towing the line between what is business and what is personal and how much do you want people to know about you and all of these things. How do you kind of find that balance? I say you, you're posting things about your family or your dog and, and that humanizes you and makes you more approachable. But how do you know where the line is? Is it a clear line for you? I would say so, yes. I would say so. And I think even if I'm talking about something personal, I'll try and bring a bit of a jokey element into it as well. So, for instance, there I found out that there was a day called uh, National Give Your Daughter Money Day. <laughs> something ridiculous <laughs> like that. And because I have two daughters and two stepdaughters, it uh, can be an expensive day if that was actually a real thing. But for me, yeah, that line is fairly clear. I, I don't talk about really, really personal things for me, but I always like to put a bit of a a funny little tweak on it because I think those posts you see that are people talking about their family and how they mean the world to them and all this that and the other yeah I'm sure that's very nice but it's not very engaging necessarily for the audience or unless you really know somebody if that makes sense yeah for sure I just have a final question for you what would you say to freelancers who are just starting out uh, they want to use net, um, LinkedIn to network, but they don't really know what to post about. They've never posted before and they don't know where to start. What would you suggest? Okay, so in terms of content, I'd probably ask them to think about who their ideal client is and what they would be most interested in hearing about. And that goes the same for any kind of content, really. So think about what would resonate with them, what would be helpful for them. And then once you've got little snippets of that kind of information, you can tie that into different pillars, such as you could chat about your hobbies, for instance, and how that might resonate with your particular audience and ask questions as well. There's lots and lots of things, if you sit down and think, that you could make a little story out of. Thinking about that ideal client thinking about what they would find useful that's great advice that's good advice to end on that's perfect (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much becky it's been so good yes thank you for having me ladies (laughs) you've been listening to help our freelancer see you again next week Bye. bye